0: Hello, this is Donna Reish of Character Inc., Raising Kids with Character, and Language Lady. Today, I would like to talk to you about the four D's of behavior. I have several um, blog posts about this subject um, at the Character Inc. blog, um, but I'm getting ready to do a podcast episode about disobedient 12-year-olds, that is how you handle disobedience in a child who maybe you've missed some steps along the way. Um, maybe, you know, you you need uh, to discipline a 12-year-old and you're not really sure what to do with that child because, you know, he or she seems too old to spank. But yet you're still seeing behaviors that are um, more consistent with the four D's as opposed to simply character behaviors. So I'm going to open this up. Uh, because I want to talk about that next week, I want to talk about the four D's and get a little bit more background on that because I don't think I can do that justice plus the 12 year old uh, behaviors in one um, episode. So I want to talk just for a little bit about the difference between childishness and foolishness, um, or what we call character problems and disobedience, or four D's. Um, the first thing, when we're talking about childishness, and um, I'm going to have links at the bottom of the podcast handout for you, including some links to, uh, to preschool episodes that I recently did, because even though we're talking about 4Ds of behavior, and we're talking about some of those you know, really important things in uh, what you might see a lot of, as far as the disrespect and those type of things, we might see a lot of those kind of things in the you know, 8, 10 and 12 year old age range. Um, I do want to encourage you to go back and listen to some of those other podcast episodes, and even go to the blog and just type in tweens or or um, teens or whatever it is uh, in the search engine there on the blog, and bring up some old articles too. Um, the reason is because on the preschool podcast episode specifically, I talk about some behaviors that are childish behaviors in preschoolers that you might want to eliminate, um, such as asking for things over and over again um whining and um fighting with uh other siblings. I I also talk about sleeping and bedtime and naptime and stuff like that. But those three specifically still really pertain to the eight, ten and twelve year old age range and um for a while, those are still childish behaviors. And so, uh, I have some anecdotes there as far as, uh, making them take ownership of those behaviors using signal words and statements so that they know that, you know, this is, you're, you're turning the t- corner here. We're not going to have that kind of voice or, or whatever. Um, as long as those are still childish behaviors, those are some, some tools that you can use with some of those childish kind of, uh, actions that you still might see in eight and 10 and 12 year olds. Um, but I want to start this podcast off talking about the differences between the two, because the four D's are quite, um, different than childish behaviors or than character flaws. And, um, some of the recent emails that I've received from people, uh, who are asking me about 12-year-olds, they are very definitely in uh, the four Ds of, of behaviors, and they're definitely facing these uh, these things that are super, super hard at age 12. They're not just things that, that go away. They're not just easy things, and they're not things you can make a chart for. They're not things that you can uh, give rewards for or that you can give consequences even, you know, link to them very easily. Um, so when we're talking about childish behaviors, um, in younger children, you still might be talking about you know whining and fighting with siblings if it 's not if it 's not heart issues we 're talking about just childish things you know they 're fighting over a toy they 're fighting over space or whatever things that little kids do and things that you know, do not require, you know, like, oh, no, you know, kind of responses. They require, you know, different kind of responses. And so childishness in preschoolers can be those kind of things. But when you get up into the 8-, 10-, and 12-year-old range, childishness uh, involves more of what we would consider character flaws in adults. And these things are like irresponsibility or laziness or uh, messiness or um, forgetfulness, um, uh, not following through, um, not completing or not completion or thorough lack of thoroughness or, um, uh, lack of organization or time management. I mean, all of these things that we might be talking about for, um, this age range, that could be childish. We're talking about forgetting to take the trash down over and over again. We're talking about, you know, not keeping up on the chore schedule for his room being cleaned before he comes to, comes to dinner every night, or all of these kind of things that are, that are things that you can train. You can train your children to not have those bad characteristics, and you want to. I mean, you know, when I say raising kids with character and, uh, you know, homeschooling with character, you know, we want to train our children in those character qualities. I mean, desperately, you know, and, and the hope is that we've done enough of taking care of the four D's in the early years that we can really focus on helping our children at eight, 10 and 12 to become the kind of adults who, um, you know, can hold down jobs and can be responsible and can be a good mate and, and these type of things. So, um, those are what we're talking about when we talk about character or childishness, uh, the type of things that that you can truly teach a child um, through consequences and training and, and um, charts and, and all of those types of things and even rewards to a certain extent. And But when we talk about the four D's, we're talking about, and we didn't coin this phrase, I've actually heard it many, many, many years ago, but it just sums it up so well. And I can't give credit because I don't know where it came from, but I did want you to know that it wasn't original. Um, but the four D's of behavior narrow down those behaviors that we're focusing on, uh, eliminating that are heart issues. These are what we call in our seminar foolishness because they are not just simply forgetting you know, to put the dirty laundry away or they're not just, you know, continually having a messy room and you try and you can't just impart skills. Messy room, there are so many things you can do to help a child with a messy room. You know, you can make charts, you can train, you can teach them to go clockwise around the room. You can teach them to go top to bottom. You can teach them to set a timer. Um, you can, you know, have rewards for so long and then turn that into consequences after a while. And, and then, you And so on, but when it comes to the four D's, it's not that simple. So the four D's are first of all, disobedience, disrespect, dishonesty, and destruction. And so, I'm um, just going to spend a little bit of time on each one of these uh, so that you can determine uh, some of the behaviors that you might be having in your home. First of all, with disobedience, one of the very first qualities that we teach about in our parenting seminars when it comes to toddlers and preschoolers, uh, the first one is discontent, is contentment. And the next one is um, submission. And that is, you know, that a one-year-old, You know, will not stay in his high chair. He will not stay in his bed. He will not come when he's called. Those type of things. Those are lack of submission. And we start out with those because um, we have a tendency to not want to start training in submission and obedience and those type of things until the child is preschool age, like three or four. Because we feel like, you know, he's still a baby or whatever. Um, But it's really important that you start on obedience training. And that would be the... uh, um, the showing of submission, uh, when a child is, you know, eight, nine, 10, 12 months, 15 months and so forth. Um, and I have a lot about that. If you're, if you're dealing with a baby or a toddler, I have an 18 month old grandbaby. So I've been podcasting and, and blogging so much about one year olds. And even, uh, now I'm starting to do a lot with two year olds too. So a lot of things about babies there, but, Uh, the disobedience one is not a forgetfulness one. And so when we're talking about one benchmark that you can use to tell the difference is if something is routine, that might be childishness. So for example, um, always, you know, always unloading the dishwasher before dinner, you know, that that's his job all the time. And he, you know, he forgets, that's a routine type of job. Whereas looking at him, In the face or looking him in the eyes and saying, "Um, I need for you to go unload the dishwasher. And he goes the other way. That would be the difference between a routine and a direct command. So obedience involves direct commands, whereas um, character involves routine types of things. So that's one uh, thing that separates the two. Um, Disobedience uh, involves an immediate type of reaction in younger kids especially so like in a preschooler you know if you say go do this and he goes the other way or you know he tells you no or whatever that is um that is disobedience um so it's more of an immediate type of of response um in older kids 8 10 12 you know disobedience is you know after every ounce of training has taken place and after every type of chart and consequence and everything has been done and the child fully fully knows then you move something from routine to disobedience and you do that by making it black and white and um some of these terms I will say are in another podcast episode that we also have a link to called Raising Kids with Character Terms and Concepts. Um, so I also talk about these things there somewhat, not as much detail about the four D's, but but definitely about um, childishness and foolishness and black and white and gray. So when you're talking about uh, behaviors that are supposed to be repeated, but that are not repeated, and you've done everything in the childishness category, so to speak, you have done all of the training, you have have given all the skills, and uh, we also talk in our parenting seminars a lot about how these things are your responsibilities, and are you fulfilling your responsibilities? No types of behaviors can be expected out of any child of any age if you are not fulfilling your responsibilities. And so, your responsibilities in these routine behaviors are you know to do all the training to give all the skills and and it takes a lot of time to do that well and you are just you're pouring into your child skill after skill after skill and and training after training after training and you're doing all of these things to to teach your child um, to be able to fulfill this responsibility whatever it might be and then you have gone through the whole chart thing or whatever you might do reminders charts um, chore jars. I mean, anything that you use, any type of, uh, and I have a lot about that at the blog and we're, we have, we're in the middle of a series on chores right now. So you can check those out too, but, um, that, uh, you've done all of those, uh, kind of rewards for the child. And then you moved in into consequences. You know, if, you know, if this week you, you know, don't unload the dishwasher before dinner, twice, then you're going to have an extra chore. Or, you know, if I have to unload the dishwasher because you don't come out to do it on your own, you know, assuming it's a, it's a 10 year old and it's all that other stuff has been done, then, you know, this will be your consequence. And so then you still have these things happening. Then you take that childish behavior and actually at that age, it becomes a disobedience. And, um, so in order to, parent a disobedient behavior you have to take it from gray to black and white so in other words there can't be any gray I mean it has to be you have to fulfill every single one of your responsibilities to make sure that these behaviors take place so in the case of the dishwasher right before dinner you you've done everything in the past and now you're saying okay this is what we've decided in your meeting, you know, maybe the two of you, your husband and you, or, or the, two sp- the two parents are meeting with the child and saying, you know, now it's not just a matter of forgetting and it's not just a matter of childishness, but you are disobeying us because you know the rules and you know what needs done. And you, you're taking it from gray to black and white. And at that point, there absolutely can't be any type of thing Hanging out there that wasn't taken care of on your part. Because otherwise you can't move it into black and white. And so that now it is such that... Um, you know... If you do not do this... You know, every day at this time... Or you do not make arrangements... You always have to be sure that every... Base is covered. You do not make arrangements for somebody else to do it, or to trade with somebody, or you haven't talked to mom and dad ahead of time that on Friday you're going to be at a friend's. You know these type of things. Then, then this is what will happen. It'll and it, you make it more of a hard issue because at that point it is a hard issue. And so that is basically how you take behaviors from a gray into black and white. And that's how. You, your behaviors, the behaviors that were childish and younger kids start to become a, a foolish behavior or a heart issue, and that is um, how you take it from gray to black and white. And so, when it comes to disobedience, you have to look at it and be sure that it's not a routine behavior, it's not a routine happening that that is you know part of your daily life, and you also have to uh, be sure that you know, you've communicated fully the expectations and so forth. Now in this age child there are obvious disobedient behaviors um when you you know that actually go into the next D of disrespect. But when you you know you you look at your child you talk to the child and the expectations are explained you look that up on the blog too expectation explanations because you want to be sure that you're giving those expectation explanations all the time um that's another way that you move things from gray in parenting to black and white um and and he or she looks at you and does the opposite or it responds in some way that indicates he doesn't plan to disob doesn't plan to obey or in some way that is disrespect. And so then in that case, you know, the disobedient behavior, the um lack of obedience, and even moving into disrespect is very obvious. So that is how you can know with the first D that a behavior has gone from um childish to foolish. Or from character issues into heart issues, and it's gone from a routine into one of the four Ds—that of disobedience. Um, and next week, I'm going to be talking about, you know, how to handle these four D types of behaviors with a, a 10 and 12 year old, because when your child is is a preschooler, and you know, she says no. Hopefully you are taking that very seriously and you, you know, are, are, uh, punishing the child, not just a consequence, not just a, uh, or not just a reward or not just a, um, uh, a routine type of thing, but you are like, oh, wow you know, he just said, no, he's three years old. He's four years old. He's telling me, no, you know, this is a hard issue. He's defying. So disobedience is definitely linked to defiance. It also can be, especially in these ages, start to be linked to disrespect. And, um, it's more obvious the older a child gets that a behavior is not just a childish behavior, but it is a, it is a disobedient or, um, uh, 4d type of behavior. So, um, Anyway, that is the first D of disobedience and um, some different ages and scenarios that you can see that in. Now, I want to move into the next D of the four Ds of behavior, and that is that of disrespect. Disrespect actually starts a lot earlier than the ages that we'll be talking about next week in that 12-year-old age range. And some parents don't realize where disrespect really begins because they just laugh off little things like telling you no or um you know running the other way or things that would indicate disrespect but i will say that if you have only small children disrespect actually begins when you allow your two-year-old And three year old in that age range, not necessarily one and a half year old who's, you know, who you're trying to teach um, what is proper responses and things, but definitely the two to three year old age range. When you say something to the child and you allow the child to say no, that is the beginning of disrespect. And that is the reason why I talk about so much in the toddler workshops and the preschool workshops to say what you want them to do and ask if it's optional so in the case of telling them that you want them to come to you um, with the two-year-old you say come and if the child says no that is dis- that's defiance right to your face that's disrespect to you um, but if it's optional like you know do you want to give mommy a hug and he doesn't want to give you a hug, that's perfectly fine. But you've asked him if he wants to. And so it is for that reason that I recommend that you only say what you really mean, that you only give commands of things that are really important, that you don't just give commands constantly to where that they build up an intolerant, an immunity towards it, so to speak. And they say no uh, uh, in, in many instances. So that's for the younger set. But when you're looking at at 8, 10, and 12-year-olds, um, there are a lot of disrespectful habits that begin that you need to stop before they get too out of hand. Now. Being one of the four D's, when our children were preschoolers and they did these behaviors, we disciplined for them. We punished them. We didn't make a chart, you know, the disrespect chart. You know, the, you know, you disrespected mommy five times so you don't get a, a movie. It, it wasn't handled like that because that is what you do for character training. That is what you do for um, childishness. That's not what you do for one of the four D's and especially not something as important as disrespect. And so uh, in the preschool stages... You know, there are different things that you can do at this time. And some people are not comfortable with spanking. And I understand that. Um, I will just put this out there right now. We didn't spank our children just all the time. And for every little infraction, we were very careful. It was for 4Ds. Um, it was for foolishness. It was for these things that I'm describing today. And um, and it was not in anger and all of those things. And um, the fact that we parented all seven of our children who are now adults, that we parented all seven of our children uh, the same way, uh, with the same methodology, and that not one of them has grown up to be the least bit violent. Um, I know that that's not a true study in terms of, you know, a scientific study, but at the same time, I just can't imagine that seven kids brought up in the exact same way, all spanked for the four D's, that there wouldn't be some sign of um, aggression or um, meanness or striking or something in them, even as adults. As a matter of fact, the opposite is true of all seven of our kids. And, and I think primarily or especially of the boys. We have four boys. Um, they are either three of them are in college, and one is 32. And all four of those boys are so gentle it's unbelievable how gentle they are it's like the opposite of what they say will happen if children are spanked I mean it's not just that they don't strike or they don't you know get you know break things and get you know so angry that they throw something but it's actually the opposite not only do they not do those things but they don't really even get angry and they talk through things and they're gentle they're as gentle as can be so i just had to put that out there um just because i really think that people are opposed to spanking in the preschool years that that they might want to rethink it they might want to look into it a little bit more um check out some of james dobson's things um and uh some other people whom you trust also check with people whose children you admire if there's a family who's or, or multiple families who have raised their children in a way that you think is a godly way or a way that their children have turned out in a way, you know, not that the kids are going to be perfect or even that my adults are perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but families that you that you admire and, and find out how they handle some of these things. So anyway, we did spank for disrespect in our preschoolers and um, up to um, ages eight and 10, depending on a lot of things, which I'll talk about next week. But with the disrespect, there are a lot of different ways to, to be disrespectful. Definitely just like lashing out saying, you know, no, or I don't care what you want or talking back in those kind of ways. Those are definitely, um, you know, disrespect. And you can if you're in the training process for disrespect, and especially if it's your fault and you've let it go. I mean, quite honestly, if you have let those types of behaviors go too long. And now you need to do something about them. You know, we go back to that parents' responsibility thing that I talked about earlier. And you haven't fulfilled your responsibilities. So to just all of a sudden say, you're going to respect me or I'm going to spank you, is really wrong because you did the wrong thing to begin with. And I know that it's heavy on parents. I know it is. It was heavy on me. Um, But at the same time, you don't want to discipline your children improperly. And to just make a blanket statement, you know what? You kids have been disrespecting me long enough. From now on, you're getting spanked every time you mouth off. No, that's not how you're going to need to handle it. So you're going to have to backpedal and do some training and teaching, and maybe you will have to treat it a little bit differently than what you would have in preschoolers. Um, Our preschoolers never told us no because we never allowed it for the first time and we have found that what you the stage that you set with your first two or three kids if you have multiple many kids will trickle down and that will be the environment for everybody so nobody said no in our family and nobody slammed a door and nobody shouted at mom and nobody you know hurt hit another person and those type of things because those things were the standards and they were just our environment that was just those were our expectations. But if you have this problem with disrespect and you have not handled it correctly, then you might want to do something similar to what I recommended in the preschool um, workshop that I just did last week, I believe it was, or the podcast episode. It was, I think it was called Preschool Problems and Solutions. um, And we'll have a link at the bottom of the handout here. But the way that we handle whining is another thing that you could do at this stage to try to get a handle on it without just going all, um, you know, all out and saying that now you're going to suddenly, you know, everybody's going to change or else. And that is that you can give your children a chance to change. So you can, you know, have a family meeting, have mom and dad talk about, you know, how you realized what the Bible says about children respecting their parents and obeying and honoring their parents and how you, not they, how you have allowed this to to get completely out of hand and that you want it to turn around. And so you from now on, when there's a disrespectful word or statement or action from a child, you're going to use some kind of signaling sentence like, uh, that is disrespectful you have a chance to change it something like that and give the children a chance to change it and then of course we're taking it from gray you know we've let all this disrespect go on and on and on to black and white So i'll definitely talk more about the disrespect thing because the letters the emails that i've been receiving about this twelve-year-old range talk a lot about that so um, hopefully i'll get some more stuff together for you and maybe even have um, some other ideas but to begin with um, There definitely has to be the whole uh, just, you know, stopping it. And that might be at first with signaling words because you've let it get too bad. All right, I want to move out of disrespect into dishonesty. And um, this is a 4D, not because it's necessarily always immediate. You know, when I talked about the 4Ds are almost always immediate. They're not routine things like, you know, forgetting to do something or not carrying out Uh, a series of commands in a certain way or whatever, uh, like chores or a list of things to do or after-school routines or homework or whatever it might be. Um, uh, So it's not as immediate as disobedience and disrespect might be, but it's still one of the four D's. And the reason that it is one of the four D's is because of the heart depth that this really um, goes into. Um. We don't want to act like lying or dishonesty or cheating or stealing, um, any of those things, deceit, any of those things are um, the same as not taking out the trash. And so when we group, you know, something like, you know, tell the truth or we, we make light of it, are um, you telling mommy a fib? That kind of thing. We are reducing a sin like lying, to something as trivial as not taking out the trash. And so you want to be very careful that lying stays in, or any kind of deceit, stays in the four Ds. Um, that it that it has its place in foolishness. It has its place in heart uh, issues. It does not have its place in character training, like, you know, you're not making your bed. That's the fifth day in a row you didn't make your bed. It doesn't go there. And um, so, first of all, backing up to just... And, and I will say this right now, just in case somebody's listening who's in Indiana or Ohio or even Michigan, um, we have a two-hour uh, dishonesty workshop that we've been loving to try out someplace uh, that we have created recently. We're trying to fit it into the afternoon session um of the longer raising kids with character and homeschooling with character of the longer workshop. And I hope to maybe be able to do it at some homeschool conventions very soon. So, um, I say all that to say, if you have, uh, we haven't recorded it or anything. We still want to practice it on people. So, um, if you have a a small group or something like that, and you, um, would like for us to come. We would love to come and share our two-hour workshop. And maybe we can even find ways to get it down to one hour. <laughs> so it will fit in a homeschool convention and, or else in our Raising Kids with Character Parenting Seminar. So anyway, with the, with the dishonesty, the deceit, back in the early years, it's really the approach that you take with deceit and dishonesty. If the very first time a child lies... You would make as big of a deal out of that lie as you would if he just stood there and said the worst cuss word in a rated R movie. If you would respond to that child lying to you in the same way you would if he cussed you out at the rated R level, you would be handling dishonesty and deceit in the proper way. We have a tendency to come glued if our kids say cuss words, which I'm not advocating cussing. I mean, we didn't even let our kids say shoot and darn, so it's not like we cuss at our house. But what I'm trying to say is that if you would treat that lie as severely and as seriously as you would that type of uh, behavior then you would be kind of getting into the level at which deceit and dishonesty should be handled with it's that serious it's that bad so i always tell parents that when you um when your child lies picture him saying the very worst thing he could possibly say and be that aghast you know be that come that unglued not in anger or uh, lack of control, but rather in your response of how serious it is. And we did that from the beginning, honesty, you know, any type of lie, deceit or whatever was never, ever tolerated. And we even took it so far as with our two oldest kids, they were kind of competitive. Um, they're both high achievers and, um, very academic. And, uh, we even took it so far as if they ever like lied about a turn in a game, Um, what they rolled on the dice, or whether somebody was out in kickball or whatever, we just stopped immediately. That child could not play at that moment. We just treated it so seriously. We never, ever, don't ever say things that diminish lying or deceit. Like, did you take mommy's $5 bill off the table? It's not like that. If you took your $5 bill off the table, it is serious. Uh, Don't tell mommy a fib. Tell, tell mommy the truth here, don't fib to mommy, you know, are you joking again, those kind of things. So treat dishonestly very, very seriously, um, and uh, handle it like you would one of the other four D's. And finally, the last D that I want to describe is that of destruction. Now this is kind of a funny one, because we have four boys, as I mentioned, a 32 year old, almost 33, and then three boys in college. And so, um, yeah, lots of boys. And so you're talking about destruction. I mean, not so much with our first one. He was, um, a very neat and tidy boy and he didn't make huge messes and he didn't, um, uh, destroy things like multiple boys do. But the minute we got the three in a row, It was, I mean, to tell you, this gives a whole new meaning to the phrase, I can't have anything nice, right? And so I kind of laugh when you think about destruction. But I think that um, I have a a better perception and a better way of understanding it to explain it to others. Because, quite frankly, our boys destroyed a lot of things. And even to this day, I don't have a glass glass in my house. Um, I have ware that doesn't break when you drop it. At least it didn't until we got tile. Um, you know, pl- all plastic cups. Um, you know, even these white, supposedly non-breakable Corel, lightweight casserole dishes. I mean, because if it was going to get broken, it got broken. I never had lamps until last year. Couldn't keep a lamp on a table for anything. So I just did away with them. So yes, our boys destroyed a lot of things but they destroyed things in ways that we let them. In other words, we had a small house and so we always let them play football and ball in the living room. A lot of people would not tolerate that but because we had a small house and um, there was no place to go in our little house, we only had 1,400 square feet and we didn't have a basement or anything like that and so dad and the boys would play ball in the living room and we allowed it and so things got destroyed by our allowance of those activities. Um, One one night, just actually not all that many years ago, four or five years ago, we came home and there was a child-sized hole in the wall outlining a little boy's body, like you see in cartoons when the character goes through and you got the body shape of the person going through the, the wall. Yeah, that's what it was. And so we have... And it was all while they were wrestling and playing football or whatever. They fixed it and paid for it and so on and so forth. But, um, I didn't get all upset about it because I allow it. And so the destruction that we're talking about here is the kind of destruction that is mean. All right. All the four D's come from the heart. They all come from, um, someplace where the child has like a preconceived, a premeditated response. Either, you know, an immediate disobedience where, you know, the child looks at you and chooses right at that second to do something else. Or um, where he has, you know, chosen to lie, those type of things from his heart. And so uh, the same thing is with destruction. Just breaking things isn't what this means. Um, As a matter of fact, if you chastise, scold, and always punish a child for breaking things, um, you're going to really, really... A, make that child put up a wall between you and him, but you're also going to make this level of infractions all the same. It's kind of like your response to things. If you respond, you know, just out outlandishly, just crazily to... Um, A child breaking something or to spilling something or something like that. You respond in the same way to that as you do to lying or as you do to hurting a sibling. That was a big destruction, hurting somebody. Um, And you respond at the same level. What you are telling the child is that all offenses are equal. And you're also telling him that he can't do anything right because you're going to get mad no matter what it is. And so that's why another reason why it's so important to... um, Distinguish these four Ds. With destruction, we consider destruction to be harming somebody. We never allowed our kids to strike each other, pull each, pull hair, hit, bite, kick, you know those type of things, unless they were wrestling. And we've had a ER yard emergency room visits because of the wrestling. Um, we never allowed them to destroy something. That is to break something that belongs to somebody else, and that's not an accident. We're talking about purposely, and that's an intent of the heart. So you can see that in all of these cases, whether it is disobedience, disrespect, dishonesty, or um, destruction, all of these behaviors come from the heart. And all of these things are things that the child is doing because he is not loving, or he is not, he's not being loving, not that he's not loving, he's not being loving, or he's uh, not following the teaching that you have in your home, whether that is, You know, not to strike or not to disobey. He's um, also going to be less likely to respond to God's leading when it comes to obedience, to submission, to honesty, those type of things. And also, these are things that, you know, while not following through on tasks, not being responsible, not being thorough, could cost somebody a job someday. Dishonesty is a for sure firing. Insubordination can become an immediate firing um, destruction, just, it just, those things are intolerable in adulthood. And there's a reason that they're intolerable because people think they're really, really, really bad. And guess what? They are really, really bad. And so they need to be distinguished from the things that aren't so bad, the things that are not so, um, important, not so heart affecting. So those are the four D's. And, um, I do have some blog posts about these things. And I'm also going to be yeah, really going on some of these questions that people have been sending about the 10 and 12-year-old and getting a handle on some of these things. Um, I always like to talk to mothers of small children. My My dream is to, you know, get new parents that have, you know... 8 months olds 8-month-olds, 10-month-olds, 12-month-olds, and just really, really be able to train these parents in teaching these 4Ds from the beginning. If we could get a handle on these things from age 1, can you imagine the effect that you can have on your family? And especially if you get a handle on it with the first child. It's just incredible. I'm just, we're so blessed to have so much good teaching from dr raymond moore and greg harris and focus on the family and a lot of other teachers uh kevin layman um actually that's where we even learned the difference from uh raising uh, making kids mind without losing yours from kevin layman where we very first heard about the whole concept of reality discipline and how childishness needs to be disciplined through consequences of reality. Um, I just really, really am grateful because we actually read those books when our first, we went to the conferences and read those books and heard those things as early, some of those things as early as when our 32-year-old was one year old. And so I'll be forever grateful for that. And if you have the opportunity, you have small children, you have the opportunity to learn these truths and to learn how to parent in such a way that you would just, Being around a four-year-old, your four-year-old child would be the joy of your life because you've already got these things in place. Hanging out with your teenagers, knowing that there's not going to be disrespect, there's not going to be defiance, you know, that you can just really enjoy each other. I'm not saying children are perfect. There will always be things that come up. But we go back to what your child is characterized by. Is your child characterized by obedience? and respect, and honesty, and not harming? Or is your child characterized by those things? It's not that our child, the children are perfect, or any children are perfect. It is that they are characterized by good things as opposed to being characterized by the negatives of these four Ds. So I hope you'll join me next week um, when I talk about specifically some things with 10 and 12-year-olds, some behavioral issues and discipline issues. And then I hope you'll join me in a few weeks when I get onto some other topics. I'm looking forward to uh, outlining some things right now about hiring or bartering, trading, help um i really would just hope that we can get this message out there to moms that you don't have to do everything yourself sometimes trading might work and sometimes you might even be able to hire help i just want to give you some insights on that i'm in a couple of weeks then i'm going to go back to the two-year-olds because i have a 20 month old grandson and so i want to really uh, come in on how to you can avoid the terrible twos and so i hope you'll join us in future podcast episodes check out some of our past ones um, at character inc Raising Kids with Character, Homeschooling with Character, Language Lady. Also check out some of our um, curriculum. I have a lot of curriculum that I've written in language arts. Uh, I got some new preschool stuff out, Learning Letters and Sounds. And I hope that you'll check out some of those. We have free samples of everything for you to try at Character Inc. blog. Thank you. This has been Donna Reich, and I'm so glad you joined us.